0: Hi everyone, Crystal Martinez-Acosta here, Licensed Professional Counselor in the State of Texas, and welcome back to Through the Eyes of a Therapist podcast. If you have not subscribed to the podcast on Apple Podcasts or Spotify or any other podcatcher, you need to go do that right now, ASAP, go, go do it, I'll wait. Cool, while you're at it, give it a review, yeah, any five-star reviews really help that would be great and connect with me on Instagram at through the eyes of a therapist pod you can also visit my link tree there on Instagram you can also visit www.clarityelpaso.com that's my private practice website if you want to book therapy with me or want to hire me for trainings or retreats or workshops or want to learn a little bit more about my services Yikes, my voice has still not come back after being sick about a month ago. Anyway, today we're gonna talk about mom guilt. Why? Because uh, such is my life. I have a three-year-old son, you all know that. And it's interesting because I try to maintain this work-life balance for the most part. It's difficult to run a private practice, be an entrepreneur, be a mom at the same time. As I am currently recording this podcast, I'm letting my dog inside the room because she was crying outside of the door. I'm doing laundry and I am working at my computer. So as many of you know who are moms, identify as moms, identify as caregivers and take care of little ones, I want you to listen up. We're going to talk about mom guilt today. Do you know what mom guilt is? Have you ever felt like you are not doing enough as a parent or a caregiver? Do you ever feel like you're not doing things right? Do you feel like you're messing up your kids because of decisions that you're making about work, about their education, about letting them watch YouTube, or maybe not feeding them the right amount of vegetables when all they want to eat is chocolate milk and fries? Yeah, mom guilt, right? I think we're all trying the best we can as moms. And let me just tell you, I would say that you're probably not messing up your kids. Now, granted, there are a few exceptions. Abuse, neglect, right? Emotional neglect, verbal abuse, things like that are definitely not acceptable. Child abuse is child abuse, no matter what. There's a lot of messages that we get about attachment and parenting and all kinds of stuff but remember that kids are kids, child abuse is child abuse, the types of cases that I've seen in my life as a therapist, corporal punishment is a big no-no. That is something that I will not ascribe to ever and I don't believe in. Anyway, how does this tie all in all tie into mom guilt? Are we messing up our kids with what we do or don't do? Mm, likely not. So let me give you a couple of things to consider. If we are attuned to our children, meaning if we are tending to their basic needs, if we are listening to them, validating their feelings, and you know, generally paying attention to them for at least 40 to 60 percent of the time, we're getting things right. Changing their diapers when they're wet, feeding them when they're hungry, holding them when they need cuddles getting close to them when they need closeness, Um, laughing with them, finding out what their likes and dislikes are, 40 to 60% of the time. And we do that consistently on a constant, consistent basis. And we meet their mood, we meet their needs, we're empathetic, all of that. Then they're likely going to grow up with a healthy attachment to us and they're likely going to be pretty resilient adults. Okay, now does that give us a... 40 to 60% window to just totally go rogue and haywire and just do whatever the hell we want with them. Absolutely not. <laughs> this is just based on parenting research, right? To build a healthy attachment meaning um I don't like to use the word bond because that doesn't quite capture it, but most people understand that term bond. Um, relationship connection with your child increases when you are more attuned to them and attend to their needs as much as possible. Mom guilt, I think, comes from the ideal of attachment parenting and how much we should be doing for our kids. If we need to be attuned to them a hundred percent of the time, that within itself is just impossible, right? So, let me just give you a little example. In my case, when I was pregnant with my child, I gave birth to him, I had to go from this really almost like masculine sort of career-driven energy um, to a complete almost like stop in my life to go on maternity leave and take care of this completely vulnerable blob (laughs) of a human um who can't do anything for himself right i mean he can do a few things for himself like maybe i don't know squirm and cry but that's pretty much it i'm responsible for helping co-regulate his emotions i'm responsible for co-regulating his temperature with skin to skin touch i'm responsible for feeding him whether that's breastfeeding or bottle feeding I am responsible for changing his diapers, I am responsible for keeping him clean, I'm responsible for changing his outfits, for entertaining him with toys, visual stimulation, brain stimulation, talking and connection and bonding and holding and sleeping and swaddling and all of that. It's a lot of work to have a newborn and it's something that I just was really not prepared for and to be honest. Like we covered sort of kind of in a couple of seasons ago, where I talked about how motherhood is wild, I'm a little bit pissed. Yes, I'm pissed off at other mothers who decided to not tell me how difficult it was going to be. Yes, at baby showers, people are like, congratulations this is so cute you're glowing you look so beautiful how cute your little belly what are you having a boy or a girl not that gender is really important and all of that stuff whatever okay and it was all rainbows and butterflies and unicorns but nobody ever talks to you about the effing sleepless nights the crying because you can't breastfeed the nipples of your body just like wanting to fall off and just the sadness and the anxiety and the intrusive thoughts and the gross diapers and the all of that just kind of hit me personally like a ton of bricks and I was just kind of like what in tarnation happened and why did nobody prepare me for this so anyway back to mom guilt this is all tied in, by the way. Again, there's a systemic view to this. There's intersectionality to this. And mom guilt has a lot to do with, am I doing the right thing for my child? Am And this just, you know, constant second guessing yourself, this constant, if it doesn't get kind of checked or you don't check it with yourself, can turn into this like postpartum anxiety situation that is like pervasive for the rest of your motherhood, which is the rest of your child's life. One of the other ways that mom guilt can show up for sure is when moms have to go to work, moms have to leave their child in the care of another person, in daycare, or with another family member or friend. And of course, thinking of all the horrible things that could go wrong, but also just having to separate from your child. And again, that kind of ideal of 100% attunement from attachment parenting that we're all thought to have an obligation to, right? And I think there's these like patriarchal ideals that are just so un- unattainable. Like I I was recently texting with a fellow colleague, a therapist, of, a therapist colleague of mine who's also a mom. We have toddlers who are similar in age. She was talking about how do we do it all right we have to cook and clean and maintain the household and decorate for christmas and have sexy time and uh make sure that everybody in the house is happy and feed the dogs and do the yard and make sure the oils changed in the car and be independent whole female uh feminine identifying women right in these um with our ch- and then with our children show up for them so that we don't bite their heads off when we're trying to parent them as well as possible with really good attunement, good discipline strategies and especially as therapists I feel like there's almost this extra pressure to ascribe to the things that we know about child development, child psychology, positive parenting and apply those 100% of the time in our homes. And it's funny because when I was talking to her, we have this joke about um, parent child interaction therapy because we're both trained. Uh, <clears throat> I'm certified in PCIT. I don't remember if she's certified, but we're both trained in PCIT. And parent child interaction therapy helps with um, parenting strategies and keeping children's behavior. In within a reasonable, tolerable, acceptable, appropriate range, <laughs> and a lot of it is like behavioral and all of that. So when we had toddlers, we would text each other and we'd be like, uh, "PCI team means nalgas," because <laughs> sometimes that stuff would just fly out the window. Like obviously, we're stressed. We have household duties, wife duties, mom duties just like the general population does. And yes, we encourage our clients to really try hard and stick to the protocol of PCIT as much as possible. But sometimes even as therapists, we understand that PCIT has its place and we can't be doing that 100% of the time, right? Like we just can't be using those skills 100% of the time as much as we're trained in it. Like that that shit is ingrained in my brain, like honestly. <laughs> Stay away from negative talk criticism, neutral talk questions and do a lot of labeled praises, a lot of descriptions and a lot of, oh sorry my phone just rang, I'm just ignoring the call, and a lot of reflections and a lot of enthusiasm and of course that's during a five minute window, that's what the treatment is, it's five minutes every day of those pride skills or special time, of course generalizing and using those skills as much as possible throughout the day is ideal. However, sometimes we just text each other and we're just like, "Is it? it's just like a PCI teamies nalgas kind of day. It's just not going to happen. Anyway, so of course mom guilt, but there's like therapist mom guilt almost on top of just being a regular mom. (laughs) Then of course we know like from developmental experts and we know as therapists like YouTube and TV and electronics is not necessarily the best form of entertainment for long periods of time when you're taking care of a young child because it starts affecting you know not only them physically like their posture and uh their motor skills and all of that stuff but also like their brains and what they're ingesting probably even speech patterns and things like that are getting affected right but sometimes mama just need a break and what I tell people and clients and my friends who are moms and things like that is, you know, sometimes I would rather let my child watch an extra five, ten minutes of YouTube for me to take a break or like a timeout or a time in, so I can just kind of decompress, not be overstimulated, and we'll talk about overstimulation in a second by my child, so that I can be emotionally regulated and just kind of re, you know, ponerme unas pilas. And just recharge my batteries a little bit and go back into the parenting stuff because I would rather have my child have a well-regulated very present mother in interacting with him versus somebody who's just grumpy and irritated and freaking pissed off all the time without YouTube right so I think it's just about like this balance overstimulation right this is another issue if you're a highly sensitive person, like I feel like I am, remember in, back in the episode about highly sensitive therapists, we talk about stimulation being a problem for highly sensitive people. If I have food going on on the stove, I have work pending in my head, YouTube, you know, I don't know, blippy is on the tablet, the dogs are barking. There's a really strong smell in the house, and then maybe my husband is doing something loud outside or whatever. It's just it's a lot, (laughs) and then if you have multiple children, I only have one. You have multiple children that can definitely be overstimulating, and so how does this tie into mom guilt? Well, if you depending on how you react to that, right? Like, do you just let it go on? Do you just like implode and like? let your soul inside die little by little and then not take care of yourself and then feel more guilty for not taking care of yourself and not standing up for yourself and not communicating your needs clearly or do you explode and let everybody have it because they need to shut the hell up because you're overstimulated or do you go hide in a room in a corner and like leave everybody alone which you're going to feel guilty about because you're not present with your family right so I think mom guilt really is based in something that we call like black and white thinking. We can't really just be so rigid in our thinking to the point where we're like, it's all or nothing. I am all of this type of mom and I am doing excellently and I am the best mom ever. Or I have failed to do this one thing and i let my child have too much chocolate milk today and a lot of fries and so i am nothing right i i have failed as a mom or a parent i would say stay away from the black and white thinking it's something that i continually work on as well does it mean that i'm a bad mom that i let him have an extra fry no what are some other ways that i'm a good mom okay here's a list right i'm just kind of making that list in your head so I think we're all doing the best we can. I think that there are other systemic factors, the patriarchy, the economy, there's society of course, expectations for moms and all kinds of other things that are influencing motherhood, which are not fair. It's just not fair. How do, how do we do it all? It's impossible. It is impossible. So my advice is screw that. And you take care of yourself because nobody's going to take care of you except for you. And build yourself a community around you. Just like I have my friend that I can text PCIT Mis Nalgas. That person is part of my mom community. I can reach out to my sister and ask her, hey, is it okay to take my kid to school today because he has boogers? That person is part of my mom community. I can call my mom or my mother-in-law and be like, hey can you watch my child because I need to make some extra money today? That person, those people are a part of my mom community. So think about also as well, and I understand I'm very privileged to have these connections in my life and it has not been easy to make these connections. I'm very like introverted, but I'm thankful that they exist and these people are unconditional, uh, unconditionally love me and I appreciate that. And they, they love my son too as well. And so I think that's a huge part of it. Um, so think about those connections in your life and finding community resources that are helpful. <clears throat> in order for me to take a break, sometimes I have to take him to like his auntie's house, or sometimes I will. Uh, take him to the library and we'll do library book time and that way we're both enjoying an activity together but there's that kind of like buffer where there's everybody else enjoying the activity with us and it's something that's free and low cost right or we can go to the park and he can practice his social skills and his talking with other kids and I think these things If they make you feel well and they're within reason, you're not neglecting or abusing anybody, yourself or your child, and they're within reason of your means and in your community, in your circle and these connections and these things you've created for yourself, you've created for yourself, then I think you should use them. Use your resources so that you can be a happy, healthy mom because that is really what a child needs. And remember, they only need it for 40 to 60% of the time. You don't have to be super mom a hundred percent of the time. They're gonna be fine, your kids are gonna turn out fine, everything's gonna be fine. So if you're a mom listening to this, if you're a therapist mom listening to this, I hear you write to me. I would love to hear your mom's stories. I would love to talk to you on the podcast as well, especially if you're a therapist mom. Write to me at crystal at clarityelpaso.com. That's C-R-I-S-T-A-L at clarityelpaso.com. Or you can go to the website and click on the Contact Crystal page. And that is it. That's all I want to talk about. Just vent a little bit about mom guilt and therapist mom guilt. Again, follow me on Instagram at Through the Eyes of a Therapist. And I have a new series on TikTok that I think you will like called makeup and mental health. So please find me on TikTok, Crystal Acosta. I will catch you all later. Thank you for listening to Through the Eyes of a Therapist podcast. See you soon.